Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi, we are back on the road, just like all of you, most of you are on the road a lot as well. Um, but it is uh, March 1st, and I think we are past the icy grip of winter in Utah. Well, it's the first part of March, you're right, Linda, and it's a weekend, it's a beautiful weekend. Spring is beginning to show its head a little bit. Don't you think winter has lost its icy grip? Well, I just said that. It really is. I mean, we have been gripped out here. I don't know where you're listening. You could be in London. I don't know, but we have had some winter. Wow, we have had a lot of snow. And it's just good to be with you on Ours on the Road. We're going to have a great show today, Linda. We're talking about something that's really one of my favorite subjects in the whole world. We'll expose what that is in just a moment. But first, we need to tell you that we were we had quite a night last night. We have a grandson that plays on the BYU volleyball team. And BYU volleyball, for those of you who don't know, is pretty great. I think they've won the national championship either three or four times, and they've gone to the final four among Division One schools. Um, over and over and over. Over and over and over, like five, the last four years, I think, they've gone to the final four. And so they're really playing well, and they were playing Stanford last night, so we made the trek down to... To watch and what a game! Oh my goodness! It went to five sets, and they were down in the fifth set, uh, fourteen to twelve. And the final set, as you volleyball aficionados may know, that the final set goes to fifteen. So they were down fourteen to twelve. It looked dark. It looked like Stanford was going to win. The Stanford reserves and bench were jumping up and down, almost starting to celebrate, and then. BYU came back and won it. Oh um, man, that was 16 a to 14. No, 17, 17 to 15. 15. Yeah. So what a game. It was amazing. And our grandson is red shirting this year, actually. And so he was out there cheering. I don't know how they do that. <laughs> they never sit down, they just cheer the whole game. But the crowd, wow, I've never seen a crowd like that. I'm sure those. Poor people that come in from outside to play volleyball. You know, here's what here's what's great. A little insight for you, loyal Ayers on the Road listeners. This woman sitting next to me um, grew up in a family where Linda's mom was one of the greatest sports fans of all time. And athletes. And, she was and a volleyball player. Athlete, yeah. And, you know, she played volleyball into her 80s, right? Oh, yeah. And, and sometimes she, she'd lose her wig when she went up to make a smash. <laughs> and she would not even care. She would just swoop it up and put it up in the post and keep on playing until they won. So, so, so um, growing up with this mother who would leave church meetings to get the game. <laughs> and here's this Linda, this violinist Linda, this cultured, beautiful young lady who had absolutely no interest in sports. But I want to tell you, this woman right here, Linda Jacobson Iyer, has become a great sports fan. And she did it naturally, first of all, by watching all of our kids play sports. Wow. And, and now the grandkids coming along, and I'm telling you, 
she used to drag me to concerts all the time, and, and now I've sort of taken up that role, and Linda drags me to sporting events. <laughs> so it just shows you things can change over time. Oh, man. <laughs> it has really changed. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. You've got to do it after you've had all these kids playing basketball. And now our grandkids are all playing volleyball. It's taken over the world. Well, we've probably talked about volleyball enough, but we really had a wonderful time last night. It was great, and our, uh, some of our family was there. It was great. So now we're going to reveal to you the topic for today's show. And it is, it won't sound near as exciting when I announce it as it's going to turn out to be, because it's really an exciting and important subject. And the name of the show is Setting Relationship Goals. Now, oftentimes, relationships and goals don't go in the same sentence together because right. we all think of goals as achievements, not relationships. We think of goals as making a certain amount of money or finishing a course in school or getting an A or getting a job or reaching a certain level of, of performance or, you know, getting our time down for the the marathon or whatever and all those things are achievements and they're good they're wonderful things and goals are important for achievements and people tend to set goals in in sequence like if i if i want to you know earn this amount of money in five years then i need to learn earn this much in one year and this much in two years and it's like a stepping stone it's like a goal and we always seem to identify goal setting with achievements but what about relationship goals? Don't we all agree that the bottom line is that relationships are more important than achievements? So why are most of our goals having to do with achievements rather than relationships? Linda, I ask you that question. Why is it? <laughs> That's a hard one. And I think the answer is that we just haven't thought much about it. Um, it really is, I mean, I've lived with you for almost 50 years now, so um, I, I know all about this. I've listened to this for a long, long time, and I agree that you really do need to work on your relationships. In fact, I think it's maybe harder work than the work we do outside the home. Um, and, and we don't always think about that. I think there are so many messed up relationships in the world. And uh, part of it is that just we don't think about it often enough. We just don't focus on it. We need to focus more on relationships. Now, I, I tell you this. Um, if you really think about what a relationship is or what a goal is, there's really no reason why goals can't work as well for relationships as they do for achievements. Because in, in, its, in its lowest common denominator, all a goal really is is a clear mental picture of something the way you want it to be in the future. Um, just a fix or an image or a list or something that says, this is how I want it to be at this point in time. So if you're a student and you're going to school and it's the start of the semester and you say, I have five classes, I want to get to a 3.5 grade point average, that means I've got to get at least three A's and two B's, and that'll get me to my goal. And the semester ends in four months, 
So I've got to do this the first month, I've got to do this the second month, I've got to do this the third month, and then I'll reach my goal for the semester. So we set these kind of goals and we plan and we work toward them. And plans are very hard to set without goals. Once the goal is set, then you begin to plan and figure it out. Um, we all understand that about goals. So the question is, can that same sort of thinking work for setting a relationship goal? And most people would say no. But I think you have a very unique way of doing this. And um, I hope that we can talk you into thinking about this today because it really is essential. And I mean, it doesn't have to be just with your spouse or your children. It can be with friends. It can be with your parents. Um, it really is a thing that helps you focus. It really helps you think about what is my relationship like with this person? I need a better relationship with this person. <clears throat> and that can mean your spouse. That can mean one of your children. Like you say, Linda, that can mean one of your friends. And so usually when we turn to relationships, our goals become far less specific and far less effectual than when we're thinking about achievements. Let me try to illustrate that. Um, you know, uh, I used to interview people for, for work and so on, and I would say to them, okay, tell me some of your goals. And they would say, well, here's my financial goal, and, and here's the five-year plan, and here's how I want to pursue it, and so on. Here's my career goal, here's my student goals, my academic goals, whatever. And, and they were pretty good at it. And then I'd say, well, can you tell me a little about your relationship goals? And they would say, and this is actually where we got thinking about this years ago. And the typical response was, well, what do you mean, relationship goals? I would say, well, you know, uh, are, are relationships important to you? Oh, yes, they're the most important thing. Well, what are your most important relationships? Well, with my, with my spouse and with my children and... Um, with my parents, my, who are a little older, and, and with my friends. Okay, well, do you have any goals for those relationships? And there'd be like a, a long silence, and, and then people would say something like, well, well, sure, well, yeah, I want to be a good husband. That's my goal. Well, what about with your children? Well, I want to be a good father. So that's your goal. Yeah, that's my goal. Well, that would be a little like having an achievement goal that said, um, I'd like to earn some money, <laughs> or I'd like to do well in school, or, um, well, I'd like to um, get a promotion. I mean, a general goal like that would not achieve very many results. And in achievement areas, and you'll see we're just contrasting this interesting dichotomy or this interesting paradox or juxtaposition, if you will, between achievements and relationships. And in a relationship goal, we need to be as specific as we are in an achievement goal. Right, honey? Because if the goal's not specific, it doesn't motivate action. Right, and you are the master of this, I have to say. I mean, really, this man that I'm sitting by here um, used to go out running all the time and he had specific things that he thought about in our relationship that he wanted to do and he'd run these words through his mind and um, that's probably why um, 
why we're still married today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we co- we're going to get to that in the second half of the show. We call that the, the BF program. The BF program for programming your mind, and that stands for Benjamin Franklin. We'll explain that in the second half of the show. But I want to also just hammer this point, Linda, that there's no reason that relationship goals can't be as specific as achievement goals. But, here's a big but, the, the, the difference is that when you're describing a achievement goal, you can probably do it in numbers. I want to earn this amount of money. I want to get this percentage of the work done. I want to, you know, accomplish this level and it's all quantitative and you can you can set it up with shorter term goals. The only difference is that with a relationship goal, you deal more with words, more with descriptive words. So think about this and we'll get into more detail in the second half of the show. But the idea is, why can't you, if you have a, a goal to be a better spouse or a better parent, why can't you be very specific? Why can't you say, it is now 2019, I'm going to set a five-year goal. And by the year 2024, I'm going to describe in writing, in words, the relationship I'd like to have with my daughter, who's now eight. So in five years, she will be 13. So I'm going to describe my relationship with my daughter as a 13-year-old. Maybe I'll do it by writing a little story. Maybe I'll say we're, we're at the zoo together. We're talking to each other. Here's what she's saying. Here's what I'm saying. Here's how I feel about her. Here's how she feels about me. She's 13 years old. Just the idea of trying to project in time how a relationship will be at a future point is a wonderful exercise. And if you can describe it and envision it, it then becomes a goal. Well... As you can tell, I'm married to a visionary. I don't know how... I think we can talk them into doing this in the second half, just trying it, because it is something that maybe I certainly had never thought of, and I think it's worth a thought. So we're going to take a short break here, and uh, we will try to convince you in the next half. Be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We are talking today about something we have really never talked about on the radio before in five years that we've been doing this, and maybe we've mentioned it, but (laughs) it really is uh, something that's important as far as relationships with the people that you know. Setting actual goals for your relationships. Now, So we mentioned in the first half how you have to write down this vision of what you want the goal to be. And so um, let me, let us give you an example Um, that we thought this was a really cute one. This is a nine-year-old girl because kids can do this. Kids can set relationship goals. So here's a description of a relationship written by a nine-year-old girl about her vision of her future relationship with her older brother, who's two years older than her. Why don't you read that, Linda? And this was a couple of years ago. So actually she set this goal several years ago in about 2012. So listen what she said. Okay, so she's looking to the future. She said, it is 2017 and I'm 14. 
My brother is 16. Now this is pretty good because she's really thinking ahead here. He can drive now and he drives me to school. We enjoy being together because I am good at telling him what girls think. He looks after me. We tell each other everything and we trust each other. He helps me decide what classes to take and I help him with his math because I'm better at it than he is. We are each other's best friends. Now, isn't that awesome? If a, if a little girl, if a nine-year-old girl can set that kind of a relationship goal, then imagine what you could do as an adult if you're projecting a five-year thing, how you want your relationship with your spouse to be or with one of your friends or with one of your children. And, and this would be a, a longer description. Now, when we do this with audiences and we try to help people start out this goal setting process, a lot of people are kind of frozen and they say, well, I can't, I'm not a writer. I can't really describe things very well. And our answer is, listen, no one's going to read it, but you, this is a personal goal. Just write down the way you want this relationship to be in five years. Well, I can't think out that far. It's too far out. Well, then do it in two years. How would you like your relationship goal to be in two years? The nice thing about starting with five years is then you can write a shorter one, how, how you right. want it to be in one year, you know? And so, and then the next objection people have is, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to describe this future relationship. And, and then when I actually get to it in five years, I'm going to read this and I'm going to say, oh, dang it. I, I, you know, I don't want to set unrealistic. I don't want to describe this perfect, wonderful relationship. And then I'm never going to get there. It's not going to be that easy. And, and our response is, hey, that's goals should stretch you. Any kind of a goal, an achievement goal or a relationship goal should stretch you to do better. And even if you don't reach it fully, you'll be closer to it than if you hadn't said it at all. Right? Yeah, exactly. And we, we used to do this in little seminars with families years ago. We haven't done it for a while, but it is pretty amazing. People have come back with feedback saying, this is really remarkable. I mean, you know, this is years later and... I just have so such a good relationship with my son that I had not thought about. I would not have thought about it if I hadn't thought about it. writing this down. I mean, it was work, and I thought, this is crazy. But it really is amazing what can happen with a relationship if you do it. Well, the very nature, of course, of the goal <laughs> is that when you, when you have said it, when you've really worked on it, it really does become something pretty powerful. Well, and I'd like to, I mean, this is a little bit of a caveat, but I was sitting one day thinking about um, my, I have a brother who was never lived with us because my dad, our, my mom and dad were married a second marriage. My mom was 38 when she got married for the first time and my dad was 53 and he his wife had died of cancer and so on but he had this little family before I ever knew him I mean before I came into the family and uh, this brother one I had a brother and a sister who were you know 25 when I was a little kid and um, he was an alcoholic and he had a really hard life and I didn't know much about it except he'd come once in a while to my dad for some money and I didn't know what was going on at all and then he died as an alcoholic. And then I realized a few years ago that I didn't know his children very well. They came to visit us once in a while, but I didn't know his children. And I thought, you know what? I need to find out what's happened to these children. 
I really want a relationship with them. They are part of my family. And I went with my sister and we went to Idaho Falls, Idaho, where these two girls lived and we found them. And it was a remarkable experience. I mean, they one had emphysema from smoking all their life, one has fetal alcohol syndrome, but they were such, they had such a lovely relationship with each other. And we have kept in touch with them now for five years. I was going years. to say, you've kept up that relationship with them. Yeah, right? we have. It's and amazing. It, it's made my life more meaningful because they are just so dear. Um, this one daughter, and I think of them as little girls, but they're 60 and 62 now. Um, <laughs> but she writes to me every month. And it really is quite a remarkable thing. But it was because I thought, you know, I need a relationship with these kids. So this can extend out every which way. I mean, it doesn't just so, have to be family. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Linda, because part of this whole relationship goal-setting process is sitting down and thinking about who you want to have a relationship with and who and which relationships really need improvement. And of course they all do. I mean, we can improve all of our relationships, but but sometimes it'll be the obvious ones. Well, I want a better relationship with my spouse or my child or my parent or my cousin or whatever, or my friend. But other times it'll be just just what you described so perfectly. You'll think, well, there's some people I ought to have a relationship with. In that case, it was extreme. You didn't even know where they were, but you found them. Yeah. And you cultivated this relationship because the bottom line, as we all know, is relationships. That's all we take with us. That's all we, you know, no one on their deathbed ever said, oh, I wish I'd achieved a little more. They all say, I wish I'd had better relationships or I wish I had spent more time with the people I love and so on. So we're talking about really important stuff here. And the most proactive approach I've ever thought of or we've ever encountered to relationships is to actually set relationship goals and write down what kind of relationship you want with a certain person at a certain future point in time. Yeah, I the writing down might be hard for some people, but honestly, it's a great discipline. It really is. I, I have to admit, I don't think I wrote down, I want a relationship with Robin and Christy. Um, I, and this is how I'm going to do it. But I mean, you know, you formulate that in your mind and then maybe I should well, you be start, better at that. And now I'm thinking of yeah. other people in our family that have been kind of lost that, you know, maybe I need to find them. Well, and, and, and the idea of setting that goal is what it does, it forces you to use your imagination. I mean, you sit down with a pen in your hand and you're thinking, let's say, about your your son who's 16, and you're saying, what's he going to be like when he's 21? What am yeah, I going to be like in five years? How do we, How will we intersect? Where will he be? Where will I be? How will we relate to each other? I mean, the, the whole process is really interesting it is and and it actually blows your mind to think ahead five years i was sitting there last night at that volleyball game thinking how in the world would i have thought in a million years that i would be sitting here watching this six eight grandson um (laughs) uh, standing there cheering for the volleyball team it really was pretty amazing it's it's just stunning but it, you know, you can do it. You can look ahead and think, how old am I going to be, for one thing, yeah. when they are five years older? And then 
and, and you've said that before, but it really is kind of stunning to even well, think but that, five years. That's the perfect segue back to what you said said earlier. You're not only thinking about this other person who you love and who you want an improved relationship with. It forces you to think about yourself and whether you yourself are doing the things that are conducive to that relationship. I mean, the point of any goal is to change our own behavior, right? Right. And so you mentioned earlier this idea of sort of having certain characteristics in your mind that you're trying to program into yourself. And let me just say a quick word about that. We we became enamored many years ago uh, with Benjamin Franklin, and it really stems from even more years ago when we had to read his autobiography as right. part of our I, I think school class. We both fell in love with him, <laughs> you know, independently before we even met. Because he had goals for his own relationship with himself. He would... He had a list of certain things that he'd work on one at a time. He wanted to be more punctual. He wanted to be more friendly. He had these certain words that he thought described the person he wanted to become, and he would focus on one at a time and so on. Many of you remember reading that in Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. So we said, well, let's start our own program. We'll call it the BF program in honor of Ben, but we'll we'll put our own words in there in terms of what kind of relationships we want with certain people. So, for example, I remember as a young father, I had, you know, four goals in mind or four qualities that I wanted to develop to help me have a better relationship with my kids. One was I want to give them confidence that that I want when they're around me, I want them to feel my confidence in them. Number two, I want to concentrate on just that one kid when I'm with him so he really feels it. Number three, I want to be his consultant. I want to feel him to feel like he can ask me anything and I'll, I'll be honest with him and so on. And then I developed another little set of words for my relationship with you, honey, and another one for relationships with other people. Just character traits that I thought if I can develop those more, I'll be a better father, or I'll be a better husband, or I'll be a better friend. And so, but the point is, you can not only, you can do two things, basically, if you want to set relationship goals. One is to write this description of the main relationships at a future point. Two is to write a little list of the qualities you want to become in order to be better at that relationship with that person. And I, I did this as a young mother, oh wow. I, uh, some of you may know that I wrote a book when all the kids are home called I Didn't Plan to Be a Witch because I didn't, <laughs> Wonderful title. I didn't plan on it, but it just happened all the time. And I remember writing down patience, 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 you know, over and over again on these. This is the way I that want to That was your be. main word. This is my vision. <laughs> and, um, it really, oh gosh, the kids just drive you to the edge and sometimes you just fall over and you can't help it. But, um, but interestingly, um, I have asked the kids now that they're all grown up, do you really remember when I was a witch those years? <laughs> and actually, you know, a couple of them could remember being spanked and they remember me being mad, you know, but that they were not hard. One of them remembers you swearing. That's the one that sticks in my mind. <laughs> I did let out a little swear word. And uh, because I'd heard my mom and dad, my mom and dad, you know, my mom, especially when she got frustrated, she would just let out a really mild <laughs> swear word. <laughs> but anyway, 
it really has it has made a difference in our relationships with our people. Now, I'm I'm guessing that some of you have listened today. This is a new thought to you, and and some others of you are pretty intrigued by the idea of relationship goals. So, let me make a special <laughs> invitation to you. Go to uh, the BYU Radio uh, webpage and click on our website, valuesparenting.com, and the the latest tip for this week is on setting relationship goals. Or you can follow us on Instagram at richardlindaiyer.com, and it'll refer you to two or three articles going into more detail on how to set relationship or goals. Or even go to Amazon and get your new book, because that has some things in it too, right? Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And so you'll find that all on the BYU Radio website. We thank you for listening and please join us next week on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.